Welcome, and thank you for listening to the 9-7 Podcast, where we talk about our journey from 9-7 to now. We are your hosts, Richard and Mary Robinson. Though we aren't relationship experts, we've learned a lot along the way since 9-7. Hello. Hey, 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 everybody. We're back. We're back for another episode. What are we talking about this time, love? So, oh, I just love when you call me that. So, in our timeline, we have, we talked about um, pursuing careers and making the, the tough decisions in order to progress forward. And so now, in our timeline, we're at the point where we're making the decision to grow our family. Oh yeah. <laughs> Making babies. <laughs> so we were about I guess um maybe three <clears throat> excuse me, four years in to our marriage. Let's see, I was we got married, I was twenty one. Two thousand two. You were twenty two. So at about I guess twenty four it had to be about 25 my memory just Mm -hmm. so about 25 we made the decision to say okay we're pretty well into what it is that we're doing Mm -hmm. excuse me for the most part and we were like okay now we can go ahead and try to have some babies which is ironically you know, we had the longest pregnancy ever because, and I think I said this before, when we got married, the way that we got married so fast, so many people with their hundred millions of opinions were like, oh man, Mary must be pregnant. That's why they went ahead and got married so quick. Mm-hmm. It's not the case. Yeah. But but apparently that's, I've come to learn that that's a, a known stereotype of military people. Yeah, and then so and two in shotgun either. weddings, like oh, must be pregnant. They got married fast, but that wasn't the case. We had our reasons that we've already discussed. But um, so it was about twenty five that we decided, okay, we can stop preventing, and it just didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think one thing you should probably do is clarify when you say stop preventing. I mean, like, was, no, no birth control. I mean, how do we get to the point where we were preventing? Or what was that thought no, process No, it was like? just, pre- just preventing. Why? Well, why were we doing that? We could have not prevented. That's we, true. We were married. Why did we not prevent? We weren't ready yet. Like, we had career goals we were trying to meet. We were trying to at least be in a, a good space. Um, I mean, do you remember the discussion? I don't. Oh, you I do. do. Yes. Say it, babe. Um, Maybe you'll jog my memory. Yeah, we we talked about it, and we were just saying that we recognized that we were young, getting married, mm-hmm. and we said not that we didn't want children immediately, but we wanted to take some time to be together. Oh, yeah. I do remember. We wanted to take some time to just for it to just, just be us. us. For a little while before yeah. we had kids. Before yes. we have kids. We we knew we both, again, if you've listened to the podcast up to this point, you know we have a lot of conversations and a lot of sit-down discussions. And very early on, we had already talked about having kids. Mm-hmm. We so both, we knew it was in our future. Yeah, we knew we wanted kids. We knew how many kids we wanted approximately. Um, you knew how many pregnancies you wanted to go through. Yep. Like we knew these things, but when we got married, we again made the conscious decision, decision and and had that conversation about should we have kids right now? Right. And I think that was one of those times where we said, "No, we both know we want kids. We just don't want them right now at 23, 24, 21, 22." Right. We Especially in the military too because a lot of our military friends had multiple children yeah. at that point. And a lot of them weren't significantly older than we were. Right. Like, it wasn't like we had, you know, friends who had been in the military 20 years. They know these were people that were in our around age our age. Yeah. And they had multiple children already. Yeah. And I, and I think, too, 
having been single the first half of my enlistment and seeing what some of, uh, you know, some married people went through with deployments, you know, I, re- I recognized very quickly that that was something I didn't want as a as a dad. I didn't want the oh my wife's pregnant and I'm on and, deployment. Right. And yeah, then, I would. I distinctly remember that conversation. that conversation, right? Because you know you don't want to get pregnant, right? You're at the first trimester, you get orders, and now you're I'm gone for a year, having babies in right wherever we are by, by myself. So, and then I get back, you know, and I've seen this happen with, with some some of the, some uh, fellow Marines, you know, they get back and their baby's three months old. And it's like, well, not only did I miss the delivery, but now this is a three month old that's seeing new, me for the first for time. For the first time and having to get used to you as a person. Right. And that and that can in, induce some trauma. That can that can be that's hard for the parent as well as the child. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you know the unit I was in, we deployed a lot. So yeah, you did. And you there come wasn't, back. I mean, it isn't like nowadays either, where they have video conference software, right? And as cell phones readily readily available. Yeah, and cell phones. We were lucky to schedule a a decent phone call. If that, if, if you got that, that. so. You know, we were more or less pen pals when I de- when I deployed, Pretty and that much. and that could take a month or longer to get to you, and vice versa, right? Like, um, I remember one time getting all your letters when I was on my way home, and I was like, man, it would have been nice to get these <laughs> a little bit sooner, but now at least I got something to do, you know, on the way back. But it's one of those things where when we had that discussion, it was something I definitely didn't want to happen to us, right? And it was something I was very, very starkly aware of. Not to mention, you know, you already had a lot on your plate, you know, when I deployed, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of handling everything on your own. Why add to that stress knowingly by introducing, you know, a very self, not not necessarily self-aware, selfish child in the mix (laughs) because children are inherently selfish and so until you teach them otherwise but you know it's one of those things where it's like why introduce that in that mix right when when we have because we got married younger we have the luxury of being able to wait so that i remember having that that discussion and it it wasn't really a discussion like a whole lot of back and forth it was no, kind of like it was just like a i don't know you're right it wasn't back and forth it was just like yeah what, this is this we're already sense. on the same page here yeah so yeah. it wasn't like a well maybe well then and then I remember having another conversation once you got out of the military because, you know, the military life with the, I don't want to not be here, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. But then after the military, it was, well, I at least want to have a, a decent paycheck coming mm-hmm. in. And at that point, I remember us having the, the conversation about me wanting to have taught long enough to where when maternity leave came around, mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to not get paid mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you could take 12 weeks, but that doesn't mean you're going to get paid for 12 weeks if you don't have the leave already built up. Right. So, right. yeah, I remember having that conversation too. And and I wanted to have some idea of a job or career path that I was at least okay with. Right. Because I said bouncing from job to job like I had been doing. Mm-hmm. So so just to, you know, bring everybody up to speed, this would be a second conversation. So we had one conversation. One was like when we first got, got married, married, like 2002. Which is funny because when we literally first got married within a couple of months you were deployed. Yeah. <laughs> within like 2 months you mm-hmm. were deployed. And then you got back, we had the conversation we were like definitely not right now. Mm-hmm. Then we had the conversation again when you got out. Right. So which was about a year or so later. Yeah, roughly 2 years. Yeah. Roughly. And then we had that conversation again. Yeah. So then about 2 years after that, you know, we had our, you know, it's just me and you, we hang out, we have fun, go on these little excursions, nothing really grand, but just fun for mm-hmm. us. Mhm. Um and then two years after that was when we made the decision to, okay, 
I think we we can try to introduce this. Yeah. But I just wanted to make sure, you know, we had the audience caught up to some of the thought processes that we were going through because, you know, for us having kids wasn't a light decision. It wasn't just a, oh, let's have kids now. Right. It was um, recognizing some truths like there is no good time or perfect moment to have kids. There's always going to be something something that's not quite where you want it to be you know at that moment so you're always going to have that you know that that tinge of uncertainty yeah is going to always be present but there were a couple of things that we knew would be big distractors if they weren't in place for the type of parents that we had talked about loosely that we wanted to be Mm -hmm. so not having some kind of career path for me was a huge distractor not having taught up to a certain amount of time right. would have been a real distractor for you. Um, so those were some of the things that we thought about and tried to cover as best we could. Yep. And when we had not even honed in on or had a very specific, I'm going to take one, two, three steps to achieve this thing, mm-hmm. which removes that as a blocker to this, we had that conversation of, well, we've been married this long. Right. We've enjoyed this much time together. We're at these different points in life. And now if we had a child, it wouldn't be, I mean, it's going to be disruptive, but it wouldn't derail the things that we have set in motion. Right. From a career standpoint, things like that. And by that time, you have been teaching, what, five years, six years? Um... Probably about three. Three? Yes. Including okay. the year that I taught when you were still in the military. So probably three. You talking about 2004? 2003 to 2004. You were still in the military. I taught a year in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then 2004, five, five, six, six, seven. So yeah, about Three years, including the year in North Carolina. Okay. Somewhere around there. I told you my timelines are all messed up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why I try to keep them around at numbers, not to put too fine of a point on it. <laughs> it doesn't need high precision, right? It's like pi is 3.2. You don't need to go. 3.1. Whatever. Four. You don't need to go <laughs> so deep. That's my point. That's my whole point right there. Summed up in that comment. Um, but, so, yeah. So, once we got to that point, then... I think that was good when we made that decision to say, okay, now we're going to start not preventing. So up to that point, we had decided because we didn't, we weren't going to have children yet, we were preventing. And were there any particular methods we were using? Oh, we just used birth control. So just normal off-the-shelf birth control? There's no birth control off-the-shelf, love. Oh, I mean... I mean, yes, there's contraceptives off the shelf. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, we use birth control, but I don't think that's abnormal. Yeah, yeah, it's just whatever. And then when you know I was actively already had an OBGYN that I went to ever since college, like eighteen, nineteen, and you know went to the doctor and was like, "Oh, we're ready to make our next step toward growing our family." Yay! And um, you've been seeing Patty that long. Yeah. Shout out to Patty. Yeah, shout out to Patty, man. Um, I was nineteen the first time I saw her. And she rocks. I know, man. And um you know, went in and stopped preventing and then she was like, you know, might take a couple of months, just keep, you know Keep doing the do. Keep doing the do. I was showing up for that. And, <laughs> and after about six months, though, I gave her a call and said, six months, still nothing. And she's like, okay. Um, I think maybe a month or two after that, I went back and she's like, let's do some testing. Just just as a, as a side note, I've learned, I've noticed as we've been recording these, 
That six months is like a thing for us. It is. Like, like six months is like. Because in, within six months, you should be able to make some decisions, see some changes. Like. Yeah. Like six months sure. is like a real like. I mean, we've been in quarantine almost six months and I can see some changes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If, you know. Six yeah. Yeah. No, six months is a real thing. And so. Shout out to six months. Six months, man. And so we. I go in and they do the testing and everything and. Then she comes back with the diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome. Now, do you have a definition of what that is? <laughs> it that just means six dollar word. It it just meant that or means that my ovaries were releasing cysts instead of eggs, which can't be fertilized. Okay. So and they and it was a lot. And so they didn't at that point it was not hopeful. Now, is this before or after you had the laparoscopic? Laparoscopic? What's the laparoscopic. Word? It was after. Look, that's why we married. You keep me right. This is after that? Yes. Okay. That was when we moved. We were, we were, we were in, in Virginia. Norfolk yeah, area we were in Virginia. When we had that. Yeah, we were we in Virginia that. at that point. Yeah. And so. Um, that was that was a whole separate separate thing, but um, so you got diagnosed with say the word again. PCOS, I'm not gonna listen. Just oh, okay. PCOS. Oh okay. Um, and I may have said what that was wrong, but that was the way that I understood it then. I didn't have a reason to really um go against it. Go against that, mm-hmm. and so she. It, I mean, her her first conversation with me, I I left like crying. But I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we talked about it. But how did you feel about that? Uh, man, that's one of those things where, like, uh, when you explained it to me, any kind of, I don't know if this is a f- family thing with me. Like, if my mom and dad and, you know, those two sides of the family have instilled this in me or something like that. But any kind of medical news is always two reactions. The first one is always like bummed out because it's like, man, we've been doing the things to take care of this body as best we can. And this sucks when it's not performing to, uh, you know, expectations mm-hmm. or whatever. And then it's immediate followed by, well, it's in God's hands. Uh, it'll work out. You know, you keep pushing forward and pick your head up and you may... Like for me, it was one of those things where I probably got sad and sat in the corner for five minutes Mm -hmm. and then, you know, picked myself up and was like, well, and at the end of the day, this will work out to be a benefit or a blessing. It's just a matter of all things work together for good. Exactly. So so if that's the case, then why am I sitting in this corner upset? I need to get up and go enjoy life and this will on its own work out. You know, so, you know, I mean, I stay on bended knee, you know, and, you know, at the time we had grandparents that was still alive, things like that, you know, they stay on bended knee. So I think for me, you know, knowing that, you know, shout out to my mom who stay on bended knee. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, having that kind of background and knowing and knowing those things, it was like, this sucks. But now, what's the next step? And right. then I immediately went into kind of, not necessarily problem-solving mode, but more, honestly, I went directly to trying to understand how you felt about it so I could understand what type of support you needed. Right. Because, I mean, the gift and the curse in the way that I think is I have problem i immediately go into research let's figure this thing out mode mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and my and patty again shout out to patty she was like it doesn't look good because that's the kind of person she is she'll just straight up tell you yeah it doesn't look good which i appreciate but there's some things that we're gonna try and right. we're gonna get some we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work on this thing mm-hmm. 
And so at first she had prescribed a couple of different types of medication. Don't get me to talking about what types because I really just don't remember. <laughs> I want. I feel like one of them she had told me to try metformin, yep. which is typically for um, pre-diabetics or diabetics. Not that I was either of those, but it's supposed to do something. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Back then I could have told you the diagnosis, everything, the way that she told it to me. However many years removed from that now, 12-ish years. Yeah, 12 plus. I don't remember. Yeah. And there was another one that I started with a C. I can't remember what the name was, what the name of it was, but um, she wanted me to try that one. I don't remember taking either one the way that I was supposed to because it just, it didn't work well with my body. Right, right. And so the other thing she had told me to do. It had a lot of side effects. Yeah, I a remember lot that. of side effects. And you were still working during all right. this. Yeah. Still trying to teach the children of the world. Of and, the world. <laughs> and so, but the other thing that she had told me to do was lose weight. And it wasn't, I wasn't even the size that I am right now, but a contributing factor mm-hmm. for PCOS is obesity. Mm-hmm. And we all know, yes, obesity is subjective and all of that, but... And it's a contributing factor to everything. Everything. But she did. She said, well, this particular um, syndrome is triggered by carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. And so she recommended that I try the South Beach diet. Oh, I remember that. And, you know, for a good another six months or so, maybe mm-hmm. a little longer than that, mm-hmm. um, we exercised like crazy. Like we would stop and run trails, I mean, miles at a time, even yeah. during the middle of the winter. Yep. Three, four miles yeah. a day. And, and this and this was if you've been listening to the to the podcast, you know, um, at one point we had to move home mm-hmm. and we were, and some of this was, during, this was with this. We got the diagnosis that winter. Well, if I'm not mistaken, while we lived at home, uh-huh. back home. Yeah. And then that following spring is when we moved mm-hmm. back to, to Hampton. Oh yeah. 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 And so, but that winter was when we got that diagnosis and that's when we were doing, and that's that when we were doing stuff. all that running. Cause yeah. it, I remember some of them, we were cold, cold until mm-hmm. we got about the first mile or so in. Then we were good, but then we would stop and be like, oh, my gosh, it's so cold still. Mm-hmm. And you got the steam coming yeah, off your head. steam coming off of your body because it's so cold outside, but you're now hot. But, um, yeah, I mean, we went hardcore. Like, we're going to lose some weight. We're going to do this South Beach thing, and that was hard. Yeah, no bread, no that sugar. That diet was no joke. Mm-mm. I know. I know you suffered through that with me. I did. I did. Because <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> yeah. And and no bread, no sugar. No sugar, no bread, no carbs. And then no. it was like, a, I don't know if, if you're out there and you've never heard of it. It basically takes you through phases where like the first phase is a couple of weeks and there's like you have no carbs, like none. 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 You're basically... Um, I don't know. Protein and vegetable. No fruit. Yeah, you like licking chicken breast <laughs> or something. You're eating chicken, That's pork. It. I mean, any kind of meat you want, yeah. really. Yeah. And vegetables. But the vegetables have to be... Cooked a certain way. Green leafy. That means mm. no peas because they process as a carb. No corn, no potatoes, no rice. No carrots. No sugar, no carrots, no nothing Mm -mm. the only thing you can have is like one or two pieces of sugar-free hard candy Mm -hmm. a day Mm. and then and that yeah not 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 like a snickers sugar-free i don't even know if that exists but like the hard that's impossible (laughs) the hard candies and i did it it was not easy i did cheat a little bit in the way of you weren't supposed to have any kind of flavored yogurt I did have vanilla flavored yogurt that I would put pecans in, mm-hmm. and that would be like a dessert. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even even in that, it was so minimal. I was like, if I'm doing everything else, I can treat myself with this little vanilla eight ounce, a little less than eight ounces of vanilla yogurt with walnuts. I yeah. meant with pecans. And and I applaud you. You did well, and you and I was prepped for you to get crabby and angry and all that stuff because you know when people diet sometimes and they 
you know, they cut something out of their diet, especially, you know, being on South Beach and being in the African-American community, the way we eat and you can't have none of that. That was I was like, I'm prepped for her to be angry all the time because not just not because you were just going to be angry, but. You know, your body goes through withdrawal. Yeah, and you're depriving yourself of a thing that you're, at that point, what twenty plus years old. Twenty something. Yeah, (laughs) so you've had it in your life twenty plus years, and now suddenly, you're trying to remove it. That's a that's a hard fight. And I'm sure there were days where I was like a little more um, grumpy than others. Yeah, there were some, but not to the level that I anticipated. Well, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I that really really happened was I had terrible headaches. Like it was like my body was coming down off of that carb high, mm-hmm. and the headaches were the worst, and they were persistent. Like go to sleep, wake up. I don't owe that little Tylenol. I don't care about that little Tylenol. I'm, your head hurting. Mm-hmm. We gonna hurt today. Might as well not take nothing. Exactly. And so, and then I don't even like to take medicine anyway. So then that was that. Because if I take one Tylenol that makes me sleepy, mm-hmm. one ibuprofen knocks me out. So it's like, nah. But I, I that was the hard part. I mean, other than the fact that you really do crave carbs like crazy. Mm-hmm. If, at least the first two weeks. And then it's the psychology of it all, right? Because... Once you tell somebody they can't have something, it become it almost you almost become fixated on it because every time you see it now, it yeah. becomes this strange object of desire. And you watching TV and it's a Snickers commercial. Yeah, and you're like, man, I ain't had a Snickers since '88. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I can totally see how that could could wear on you and, and make you frustrated. Yeah, and but the one good thing, you know, we had talked about it like we do everything else, and we basically just did it together. I yeah. mean, I'm sure there were times when I work and I didn't care that you had a Snickers or something like that. Oh, it didn't yeah. bother me at all. But at least when we were at home, because we made the decision, okay, we're going to start on this day. We made sure there was nothing in the house that was going to tempt me. And we we did it, mm-hmm. you know. And then as the phase, you know, phase one was super, super strict. Phase two, you could let back in certain things, if I remember correctly. Like, Mm -hmm. I might have had the peas and corn might have been reintroduced. Mm -hmm. And fruit, maybe. Um, Certain fruits, not all fruits, certain fruits. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the third phase. And I dropped, like, 22 pounds. Mm -hmm. And and for me, I was winning. Because if you ask me to do that now, I'm going to tell you you're crazy. (laughs) But then, you know, I'm just getting out the military. Right. I'm in peak physical condition, and it's just like all you got to do is point at it and say do it, and I can do the mental shift to make that happen. You know, I wasn't a old man sat in my ways already, so yeah. Then you're right. That was that was a lot. It was a lot to do looking back, but in in going through it when you when we were doing it, I was like, yeah, we can do this. This is no problem, and I just did it with you. Yep. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it was times when I was, because this was during the time when I was in school too. Yeah. And so yeah, it was a couple of times I hit that vending machine. I'm sure you probably <laughs> got that that um that what's that big cinnamon bun? Oh yeah, the, the bear purple, claw. Yeah, no, no, what's it called? Bear claw. Bear the claw. purple pet. Yeah. Mm, Things so good. Put yeah. it in the microwave for about seven seconds. Yeah, that thing. Whew. That thing is a six pounds it's of sugar in a wrapper. But it's so good. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I mean, we went hardcore, and we did that, and we started around, I, I want to say it was like September of that one year. No, it had to be a little bit before that, probably about mid-summer of that first year, and by that following year. So it was a, it was more than a year yeah. of us. So but what did, what did the diagnosis say? Was it was it a possibility? Was it impossible? Was it wasn't it impossible. Likely? It just was. Her exact words: "It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be tough." Mm-hmm. Because whatever levels they looked at, it just it wasn't. The odds were not in our favor. I'll just say that. And and even now we still don't know, the genesis of that. Like, what caused that? Because we we're you were in your twenties. We we're yeah, in our twenties. We were in our twenties. Where you would assume a person is a fertile myrtle. Right. 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 
And so, yeah, we don't know what caused it. But I just, you know, she just said, it's going to be tough. She, we tried the medicine. And, of course, we, even when she, she first gave us the medicine, she had said the weight loss thing. And the carbs were really going to be a contributing factor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always, That's the first or the second step. First step is the weight loss thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took us a while, but a little over a year later, right around your birthday, we had a positive pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. And and looking back and even talking about it right now, the thing I'm I'm most thankful for that I that I um have brought up a couple of times, usually usually on her birthday, mm-hmm. is that we went through that and didn't have to suffer through any miscarriages yeah, or partial pregnancies right. or any of that. Because that's a very real thing yeah. for a lot of people in this situation. Yeah, very real thing. And, and you know, my heart pours out to any woman that's had to suffer through man. a miscarriage. To me, as a dad and, and you know, thinking my children are the maybe the second best thing in my life that happened to me um is it's got to be just soul crushing yeah you know from as a dad especially like for me by the time we made that decision you know i wanted to be you know i'm at that point now i'm like i want to be a dad you know and we had talked about it but you know now the mental shift the mental shift happens yeah and the fact that we're actively trying right now i'm anticipatory you know like oh man it's gonna be great when we have this kid blah 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 and so you know having you know had that diagnosis which was a bummer you know to put in that monumental effort you know and to get that first positive pregnancy without any miscarriages beforehand because you know, we had some family members that suffered through, yeah. you know, multiple miscarriages mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's just like, it's the grueling, it's a, it's a cruel, cruel thing. It seems like to yeah. have happened to you, um, when you're, when you're trying. So I'm very, very thankful on a regular basis that we didn't suffer through yeah. that. And I mean, just to re rewind a little bit, you know, cause we gave the, you know, Rocky version of the, yeah, you know, work hard jump to the top of the stairs jump up and down but every single month that i got my period i cried like i was on an emotional roller coaster oh yeah the absolutely. entire time like it oh, wasn't absolutely. just oh we're, we're doing this thing and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it worked no, no, out no 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 it was month to month 16 ish months of oh yeah. The deflation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're, month to month. You're excited. You're like, okay, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I am I'm eating right. I'm losing weight. I am, you know, first month, oh, I'm four pounds down. Maybe it'll happen. No mm-hmm. tears. Mm-hmm. Just like a wreck. And look. Next month, oh, okay, I'm six months down. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Tears. And, you know, and holidays, I'm still trying to stay on my diet. <laughs> That's it's hungry. Christmas time, mm-hmm. but you know what? Um, we we trying we we working together. I think we might have had one plate because you know Christmas. You know? It's Christmas. Yeah. Thanksgiving. It's a reduced Christmas, plate, but it's know? still a plate. You gotta it's have a, a plate. plate. It's just a little sample, a little yeah. taste. And and you know the culture dictates you can't you come can't, to grandma's house. Can't go to grandma's house and not have something and not get a plate, like. But we we didn't overindulge. Mm-mm. Had our little plate. Mm-hmm. Didn't gain any weight. Lost a couple pounds. Next month, dag on it. Oh, I don't know if this is ever going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in constant conversation with the doctor, and I mean, it was hard. It was a, a definite emotional roller coaster. And 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 from from my perspective, as as the um, dad in this scenario, you know, riding that roller coaster was rough. You know, with the, she's doing the work. I'm being as supportive as I can. And, and I know but, it had to be hard because you're watching 
and you're being supportive and you're like, come on, man, I, we, we yeah. doing the work. She doing the work. Well, the, the thing that was rough was when, when it's like, you know, by this time we got, we got your cycle on a, on a stop clock. Yeah. Right. We know practically to the second and it's like, oh, I'm 10 minutes late. Yes. All right. Let's wait till tomorrow and see what happens. And then you wake up in the morning and it's like, oh, I'm a day late. Yes, this this may work after all. All right, so if it's three days, then we're going to get the pregnancy test and take a test or whatever. All right, I'm at three days. Let's go get a pregnancy test. And you get a pregnancy test, and then the test comes back negative. And it's just like, well, why didn't it? And then it's like the fifth day it kicks off. Yeah, or the next, or that afternoon. Or that afternoon. And you just I mean, like, like, after you get one, because we just went ahead and got the one that had two. yeah. And so then the next time it was like, oh man, I'm a day late. I'm gonna take the pregnancy test in the morning. And then that morning I wake up and I have, if you're a woman, you know there's the feeling. And yeah. you're like, oh man, mm. shoot. And then and then I'm bummed out too. Cause yeah, now we're both I, bummed yeah, out because we got, had the anticipation of it. You know, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, it's gonna work this yep. time. And the and the false hope. Yeah. You know, that false hope. And then honestly, just just to be real, like if I'm if I'm being 100 about it, you know. I'm looking and I'm reading. What can I do? I'm reading about positions, <laughs> like just being real, right? It's true. I'm reading about positions. They're like, oh, five out of ten people that use this position or whatever get pregnant or whatever, or this helps with deeper penetration or any of those things that I felt like could help. Anything. The, anything. I'm drinking more milk. You know, we doing the running. I'm like, oh, milk does a body good. Maybe this will help too. You know, because at that point, you know. Honestly, and, and and to be completely honest, it's one of those things where we had, in the time that it took us, it was times that I doubted myself too. Yeah. Where I was like, Am okay, I good? yeah, mm-hmm. like okay, at what point do we say it's not her, it's me? At what point do do I need to go and get tested or whatever? Yeah, I remember you having that conversation. I was like, but. We know that my, like, I have been tested, and I, we know that, you know, you don't have a reason at this point to get tested because we know my diagnosis. Yeah. But it was one of those things because I, you know, just going through the whole thing, you know, playing out the whole scenario. I get it. I was like, if she has this condition and I got weak swimmers, right? We, we set up to fail already. You know what I'm saying? So it was one of those things where I was like, just to be completely honest, because I think one of the things that becomes a minefield in this scenario is I think sometimes couples, you know, get into a scenario where even like with us, you said, I know my diagnosis, mm-hmm. but I think that becomes unfair sometimes yeah. or used against women. Like you're supposed to produce me a child, you know, if we're going back to, you know, ancient days and it's like at least the way the movies um depict them or whatever and it's like but at the same time you know men you you're giving up you know half of them chromosomes come from you Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and if you're not in great health and things like that which for me i had to my advantage you know again coming out of the military keeping up my physical fitness because I was on inactive ready reserve. Mm-hmm. So us running and stuff like that was part of the normal routine for us, um, for me to stay compliant. And, you know, but then at the same time, you know, I had been deployed. Yeah. Exposed I, to radar. And yeah. I know all the, in, um, what's it called? Vaccines. Yeah. All things. the, all the different vaccinations they give, all of the all of the different things, you know, even while deployed, all of the, you know, equipment that I've been around mm-hmm. over the years. And it was just like, you know, and I had been given warnings, you know, that some of the equipment you've been around may make it harder for you to have boys. Right. Things like that. It kills off this particular chromosome. It makes it hard for people in this unit to have to have boys. So you'll have kids, but you'll probably have a bunch of girls. So we did see that a lot too yeah, in your unit. <laughs> yeah, my unit was full of girls. But in thinking about all of that stuff, I was like, okay, at some point, I can't put all, all of this of weight on, yeah. on her shoulders to say, 
it's her job to do this thing. Because if she's facing challenges and she's in her 20s, I could also, Mm -hmm. you know, and it would be unfair and unrealistic to make the assumption that it is just you. So it it did go across my mind a couple of times and and I did remember bringing it up at least once. I don't know if I brought it up more than once, but I I know I brought it up at least once. I'm sure that the thought went through your mind a ton, but I only sitting here again, 14 years removed, I only remember having the conversation once. Yeah, yeah. When I, but it might have been near to the beginning of the whole process, and that's probably why I was like, no, let's just wait and see before we go the next step to, you know, get you all tested out and make sure everything's cool on your side. Yeah. But um. And then and then I, I do. Could, I could see that though. Yeah, and I and I also want to point out to you that you know, there is some situations with people, from my understanding, because. At one point, I would go with you to mm, to you your appointments, often. and uh, me and Patty would exchange high fives during during our our appointments and things like that. And uh, I remember, you know, talking about it, just being as honest as possible. You know, she said there was some situations where people with this condition would never have kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was a bummer to hear. I mean, Patty was like I said, she was. Bluntly honest, but she was not a not gonna shy away from. Let's get this work done. Yeah, yeah, but I I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I appreciated her saying, "Look, some cases people don't ever have kids that have this condition. It's like, but here's the recommended treatment. Here's the things you guys can do to make this work. And if you're dedicated to it, I'm sure it'll work out for you. Um, but I I just want to be honest with you that there is situations there is where this doesn't work out where this is not going to work you or know that the these beginner things that i'm giving you as an option won't work and then you can go the steps to do more extensive like ivf iui yeah. things like that yeah and i mean she went down the gambit at, at first, you know, just to let us know what we could be in for because mm-hmm. she doesn't want to give anybody false hope. Yep. But, you know, she wants to, she wanted to spell it out. Okay, now, now that we know, mm-hmm. not to scare you, but I just want you to know, but now let's get to work. Yep. But to your point, just backing up to your point, that was uh, from from that perspective, you know, when you put it all together in the story up to this point, we're living... We're back. We're living at home, you know, with with the parents. We're making this insane drive every day for work and 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 school. I'm in school, you know, and you know we're having this this health challenge all at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know where we essentially leave. Sometimes we would leave. You would leave work, or I would get off school, and then we would have to go to see Patty. Mm-hmm. After we see Patty drive, or either I was getting off early, go pick, see Patty, picking you up, yep. go see Patty, Patty, drive back home, and and then driving, stopping, do our run, mm-hmm. you know, come off of the run, and mind you, because of the diet situation, we're not stopping at McDonald's. No, we're not eating out. You know, so it's we got something already prepared for this. Mm-hmm. Or it's been sitting in the refrigerator at work all day yeah, for yeah. the ride home. <laughs> yep. And now we got that little little dry snack, mm-hmm. whatever that was. And then it's dinner at home, bed, just to do it again. Yep. And that was grueling. Yeah, it was a couple of months of that before that was, we got our apartment, I mean, our townhouse in Hampton. Yeah, which was grueling. Then we had to move. Then we had to move, but not, not pregnant yet. Not pregnant. we're still... Still on the emotional roller, roller coaster, coaster, the monthly roller coaster yep. of um uh, of the oh maybe oh no not mm-hmm. 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 yep and 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 nothing makes you happier in this scenario as strange as this may sound than when when you wake up and you look at me and say I'm three days late and it's just like I get this big grin I'm riding on cloud nine all day and then get home and you're like it started yeah or you send me a message or something at work. Oh, it's yeah, started. I'm in the bathroom crying. You know, <laughs> that happened a lot. Yeah, that, and you know, just an aside, the elementary school that I used to teach at was torn down. But that is one particular bathroom that everybody that was in the 
the section of the building that I was in, that bathroom saw a lot of tears from me during yeah. that amount of time. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was a lot of tears going on in that bathroom yeah. to the point where I had Visine in my purse so that I could drop some Visine in my eyes, get myself together, and go back, back to teaching the youth <laughs> to of America. The children of America. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, that was a rough time. But yeah. then, you know, September. Mm. I was Best month ever. My gosh, we were like, I was like, okay. And, you know, then, you know, at, at first it's just, it's, it's the emotional roller coaster. But then there's the stress, anxiety, whatever word you want to call it, when you go to take the test. Mm-hmm. Because now you're like, oh, is it going to be another negative? Or is it gonna, what is going to happen? When that positive came back, boy. Over the moon. We were so excited. I cried so hard. Over the moon. So much we had to get another test because we only had one. Yep. Because we had taken the other one another month prior. So then we had to go to the store and get another one Could've to verify. make sure. Yeah, because we was like, what if it's a false what positive? Wrong? We were so cautious with our feelings we at that were. moment. We were so terrified to be wrong. Then it was, then it was, and uh, I don't know if you want to go into this, but then it was now you're pregnant yeah and now it's the when do we tell people because again the miscarriage thing was on my mind heavy yeah and i was like after going through all of this fight for this is this first one really gonna be it and when do when, when should when's we say a good time to say something you know because if you don't say nothing is it, it has its own ramifications mm-hmm. if it is a miscarriage right because now that becomes a burden that you carry alone right. essentially which can be real heavy, you know. But then you don't want to say something too soon right. and then something happens because, frankly, you know, when you're dealing, at least for me, dealing with loss or some kind of emotional hurt, the people outside of you asking, you all right? Right. Can get, you know, really bothersome. Yep. I, I, I would say as you and probably my best friend, I could take that from and actually give yeah. an honest answer. And outside of those two, you two people, it's like, don't, I really don't, I really right. prefer just, you not to just ask. Just, just let me. Treat me like you don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. we can talk about that the next time. Since okay. we're a little further in, but okay. yes, that, that was a, it was a, I, I want to say that may have been the first real challenge that we had. I mean, we had some discussion, like, let me say it this way. The first real challenge that was kind of, that we really couldn't control. An uh, external. Yeah. External challenge. Yeah. Because all of, the other ones were like, oh, we're going to make this decision for, you know, X for Y reasons. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But this one was like, you legit just didn't know. And you had to rely on, I can do my part. But my faith got to go the rest of the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a big... That was that was some heavy, heavy faith moments yeah. where it's like... Cause it was like, yes, you know, faith without works. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I was putting in the work. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I was working out. Yeah, yeah. I feel Okay. Mm-hmm. But that, like, we were doing what we could do. Right. And that's all we could do. Like, right. nothing else. Like, right. we literally had no hand in it. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. And and it's the first, it was the first hurdle that we didn't see coming. Right. We, we try to practice foresight mm-hmm. to see tribulations or trials or things that may be tough. We try to look a little bit ahead to say, you know what? That looks like that's going to be a little rocky road when we try to do this thing. So let's try to prepare, insulate ourselves in some way to just be able to survive it. But this was one of those things where we were just like, wait, what? we're in our 20s. We're fit. We're young. I'm handsome. You're gorgeous. We about to make some pretty babies. It's going to look like a scene out of a movie, whatever the most romantic sex scene you can think of. (laughs) That's what we envisioned. (laughs) It was going to be like next month. Pregnant. Pregnant. Nine she months a, later, oh, this beautiful yeah. bundle. She's gorgeous. She's black. You know, we can make babies, and all our babies are beautiful. And you go in there, you give it the college try, and nothing. Right. Nothing for months in a row. And then the story. So, yeah, yeah it was it was a tough patch, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do... 
I want to say thank you because you were like magnificently supportive and I never not at one time did I ever feel like I was by myself thank you thank you because that would have been horrible yeah that would have been horrible <laughs> yeah so that, that was that was great that because could... I never like I said not one time did I feel like I was by myself did I sometimes internalize internalize it? 100% I'm still dealing with that right now not on that issue but mm-hmm. other issues but you know, oh man, see, he wants babies. I can't. Oh gosh, you know, and I the the self talk was inner bully, as I've heard it said mm-hmm. from um, some therapists. Inner bully was hardcore at work a lot, but it didn't stop me from doing what I was supposed to do. You were always there, right there. Every time I was like, I just want a Snickers. <laughs> just please. <laughs> Especially when you're on your like your cycle, you PMSing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Please just give me a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, please. Couldn't have none of that. None like, of no, no, mm-hmm. no. But, I mean, it was the support was a real good driving factor for me. Thank you. Thank you. That's... That's a that's one of those things that in the in the entirety of our relationship, not necessarily just that moment, but that's one of those things that very I very deeply hold as a responsibility of manhood to provide that kind of environment for you mm-hmm. and and being able to support you in the ways that you need to be supported. I think that's um hyper important and critical to my manhood as the way I see it yeah. and masculinity is the way I see it. Because provision for you is never only just meant bringing home the bacon, so to speak. Exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly what I was about to say. That that to me is part of what I'm supposed to provide, that mm-hmm. emotional safety and that, that psychological safety. So that really that really warms my heart that you that you just gave me those props. So <laughs> I appreciate it a lot, babe. You're welcome, my love. And so um, I think that's it for this week. Yeah, next week we'll continue on with actually pregnancy, having the baby in the belly. Well, the, that's gonna be a trip. The little yum yum, as that, we called it. That was a trip. <laughs> Even thinking about it right now, that's gonna be a trip because that was that was new for me. Oh, so. new for both of us. Love. <laughs> I had never been there before. Me either. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, and rate. Thank you very much. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day. Bye.